I started thinking about ways in which we set up field hospitals and alternative care delivery models in the Army when preparing for possible wartime situations. Hello, I'm Rachel Deere, host of today's program, COVID-19, Keeping Up with a Moving Target. This is the October 9th update of DKB Med Radio's Coronavirus Educational Series. Thank you for joining us. This activity is jointly provided by the Postgraduate Institute for Medicine, DKB Med, and the Institute for Johns Hopkins Nursing. Today's program is accredited for ANCC and AAPA credit, as well as AMA PRA Category 1 credits. Please visit our website for complete CE information. If you're tuning into our webcast, please click the red claim credit button in the webinar console to attest for credit. Otherwise, please visit covid19.dkbmed.com. There, you will find all of our previous COVID-19 programs and have access to other free CE programs on a wide range of topics. The slides for today's webinar can be found in the resource list window. Today's learning objectives are, describe the rationale for implementing a curbside model for care delivery, and discuss challenges faced and ways to overcome them. With us today, we have Michaela Olson, an oncology nurse specialist at the Sydney Kimmel Comprehensive Cancer Center at Johns Hopkins Hospital. She will be presenting on Sydney Kimmel's curbside care clinic. Michaela, thanks for your time. Thank you. I'm excited to be here again to talk about another innovation that we had in the Sydney Kimmel Comprehensive Cancer Center that really uh, changed the way we care for our oncology patients. And today we're going to talk about the rationale for implementing a curbside model for care delivery of oncology patients and discuss challenges faced and ways to overcome them. So, I just want to give you a little bit of background about the Sydney Kimmel Comprehensive Cancer Center. We have two main ambulatory care services on our East Baltimore campus. The one on the left is the Weinberg building and the one on the right is the Skip Vera building. On the left in the Weinberg building, we care for our hematologic malignancy population of patients. And so patients that come in with and have leukemia, multiple myeloma, MDS, lymphoma, and other hematologic malignancies. And then in the Skip Vera building, we take care of all other solid tumor malignancies. And both of these buildings are located right downtown in Baltimore. The Weinberg building is connected to the main Johns Hopkins Hospital and the Skip Vera building is across the street. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit, we immediately started getting phone calls through our telephone triage nurses, from our providers, and from even some of our nurses um, that we're hearing from patients, families, and caregivers. Some of the common things we heard were comments like, I don't want to come into the hospital and risk getting COVID-19. How can I get my treatment and stay safe? Could you bring the treatment to me? I'm just too scared to come to the hospital. Again, you may have heard me say this before, but I was working as the operations chief for our oncology command center and trying to pull from my past experience as an army nurse, I started thinking about ways in which we set up field hospitals and 
alternative care delivery models in the Army when preparing for possible wartime situations. And I immediately thought, you know, we don't have to give all of our care in the building. Maybe we can have patients drive up and get some of their care so that they don't have to leave their car. And so we initially started talking about these ideas. And the exciting thing is that during a pandemic, you are in an action mode. And so we were able to move very quickly through uh, our system to try to figure out how we could do this. We needed to figure out where the opportunity would be to administer treatments in the curbside uh, modality. And so we were kind of positioned well for this already because we had these cancer fast track injection clinics in both the Weinberg and the Vera building. And the workflow for these clinics was that we had either an RN or a certified medical assistant that did injections for our patients in, uh, every 15 minutes and in a separate space than the regular infusion clinic space. This allowed for patients to quickly get their injections, not have to have long wait times. We had all the drugs prepared and ready, and it was a very efficient care delivery model that already existed, but it was up embedded in our infusion clinics. So the patients did have to come into the building for these appointments, wait in the waiting rooms and park and pay for parking. Uh, all the patients received pre-appointment screening call the evening prior. Our ambulatory clinical evaluation program worked to clear these patients, which means they did assessment on the patient, uh, asked them about any side effects or toxicities, reminded them of their appointment. So there was already a lot of work being done to prepare for these patients' visits and make this a very well-oiled clinic that patients could come in and out of very quickly and, and really have less wait times. The drugs were all prepared in advance. So one of the reasons that this new innovation was not quite as difficult is that we already had these fast-track clinics. It was really looking at opportunities for how could we move this exact model but down to the curbside so that patients could drive up and not have to come into the building. So I'd like to sort of set the stage a little bit to let you know that we already had a pretty organized uh, experience for the patient in these fast-track injection clinics. If we didn't have that, it would have been a little bit harder to get this going so quickly. Patients required an in-clinic nurse visit for central line flushes and maintenance prior to the pandemic. They also required an in-person, in-building appointment for any lab appointments, for blood draws, any central line maintenance care. So we needed to figure out how we could do some of this additional work at the curbside. So we first decided to focus on injections and the current injections pre-pandemic that were done in these fast track clinics included uh, everything from growth factors to hormonal injections for patients most notably with prostate cancer and breast cancer, immunizations for post-transplant patients or any patients that needed immunizations, and other things like uh, Exgeva and, and other subcutaneous injections that the patient uh, did not have any other infusion needs for. We were providing these injection clinics uh, daily, Monday through Friday from 9 to 5.30, and the clinics, as I said before, were 15-minute appointments. 
So this is a quote that I've been thinking about a lot since the pandemic. And this is one of the things that I think has made us really successful is that we really focused on not making simple things complicated and really looking towards trying to overcome obstacles and move quickly and make things safe, but also innovative and creative so that patients would benefit and, and be less exposed to possible infections. So in March of 2020, we had this idea, started working on uh, an implementation plan. We also thought about our drive-up tent clinics, and that was also a model that was already in place very quickly after the pandemic hit. Patients would drive up, as you can see the tents on the right-hand side in the picture, patients would drive up through the tents and have their COVID test done and then continue on back to their home to quarantine. So we didn't have any fancy tents, but we knew that we had some areas in the fronts of our buildings that had overhangs that were protected from the rain that we could probably stand up these two curbside clinics. So the majority of our provider appointments quickly after the pandemic hit, like many other centers, went to telemedicine. So by um, having many of these patients with injections used to have same-day provider visits in the clinic, and then they would just come down and get their injection, since the visits were no longer coupled, and we were able to provide their telemedicine visit the morning of or the day prior, and then have them drive, drive through the injection clinic, we decided that by providing the televisit in advance, the patient then did not have to enter the building for either appointment and could come to curbside for their injections. We found out after the pandemic hit that patients were delaying their care. They were asking if they could have their injections at longer intervals, and we knew that this was not going to be a good long-term solution for patients for the treatment of their cancer. So when our command center formed, we quickly came together to try to figure out how could we uh, implement these curbside clinics very quickly. The goals of the curbside clinic in both buildings were to keep oncology patients safe and staff safe during the pandemic. We wanted to minimize the number of patients and visitors that were coming into our buildings. We wanted to keep our waiting rooms very empty and have social distancing. We wanted to maintain standards of care for the treatment visits. So um, it was very important to us that if we moved everything to the curb, that the experience for the patient and the safety that we provided around the administration of these medications and the safety checks was exactly identical to what it would have been inside the, the building. We wanted to make sure we had high patient satisfaction and we wanted the staff to be satisfied. We wanted this to be a place where they enjoyed working, where they felt pride knowing that they were providing a, a great service to patients who were already fearful and didn't wanna come into our spaces during this time. And we wanted to minimize patient wait times. So this was only a couple weeks in the planning stages. Uh, I was extremely impressed with the partnership that we had with our interprofessional colleagues. It was wonderful to know that people were very willing to help us work through the difficulties or the challenges to quickly come up with innovative ideas from each of these different groups to try to overcome and make this successful. So we had the help of our IT people to make sure that we had good Wi-Fi, that we had 
access to our electronic medical record, that we had the ability to barcode the medications at the curbside, uh, print armbands, print uh, lab labels, and that everything was done in the safest way possible and the same way as it would be in the clinic. Our pharmacy colleagues also partnered with us to help make sure that our medications were delivered in advance, that their temperature was controlled, that they were labeled properly, and, and again, so that we could provide safe medication delivery. Our supply people, uh, our physician providers who helped champion this and helped uh, talk to their patients about the advantages of our curbside clinics, we worked a lot with our EPIC scheduling people to make sure that we had the patients scheduled in the right place and the schedulers had scripts to describe to the patient what the experience would be and how they could prepare for their curbside clinic appointment. Security has been a great partner for us. We have a security detail at the curbside clinic helping um, with cars pulling up and, and it just being a support of the nurse and our techs that are working in the curbside clinics. And then of course our leadership, our um, medical director, Dr. Huff was really uh, such a strong advocate of this and put a lot of support behind us to get this going quickly. And she also pushed us to um, stand this up in a very short period of time. We're lucky because we already had a lot of our supplies bundled so the equipment and bundled supplies were very helpful to standing up the curbside clinic. The workflows and policies were quickly written and signed off on. We partnered with our patients and our caregivers. And I looked at some registered nurses and CMAs and ClinTechs that I knew would embrace this clinic and embrace this change and really champion a really innovative care delivery model. And then our ambulatory care team, which includes pharmacists and nurses, were also critical to the success of this when they would call the patient the night before, um, check over the patient's labs and that were done and ensure that patients were ready for these appointments and, and came prepared. So I wanted to show you a few pictures. Um, these are from our solid tumor curbside clinic in Vera, which opened up in April. You can see it was a windy day, but we actually did a, a run through with a fake patient and we made sure that all of our equipment worked thoroughly and um, nothing was awry. And after doing a few dry runs, we realized we were ready for the curbside clinic to open the next day. In our heme malignancy curbside clinic, uh, we opened a month later. The reason this clinic took a little bit longer to get off the ground was that we wanted to actually administer chemotherapy injections in the curbside clinic. And so right now for our multiple myeloma patients, we do uh, Velcade injections or Tezomib injections at the curbside clinic. This requires a little bit more equipment. We do heights and weights on these patients. We have to do a current set of vital signs before we give the chemotherapy. We may have some teaching to do and we have to wear our hazardous drug PPE, personal protective equipment to make sure the nurses stay safe. And so it took a little bit longer to get this curbside clinic up and running, but it has also been uh, hugely successful. As our patients began to love this uh, option of care delivery, they started asking us if they could have other things 
in the shock clinic or in the curbside clinics. We actually had patients that were not being seen in the curbside clinics watch these cars go by and get their treatment by the nurses and they would come to us and say, well, can I get my vaccine there or can I get my port accessed and flushed there? So as we started listening to our patients, our volumes began to grow and we started expanding what we offer in our curbside clinics. I'm really excited to say that since the opening of our Vera and Weinberg curbside clinic, we've seen over 1,300 patients in, in these clinics. Many of our patients are repeat patients, and we've treated people numerous times in the curbside clinic. We've, we've had numerous patients tell us that they hope that we never get rid of this service. They love the fact that they can just get on with their life quickly and not have to come into the building, smell the hospital, pay for parking, um, lots, for lots of reasons. They feel like this is just a, a wonderful way to quickly come and get their treatment and continue on their day. We have people that come in before going to work or after finishing their work day. They come through the curbside clinic. We've celebrated patient birthdays in the clinic and just had some just amazing, wonderful feedback. We had to adapt to some challenges such as weather problems and um, we had some remnants of hurricane weather and other windy days. Uh, the cold weather is coming up, so we're getting ready to plan for how we might adapt to some of those weather issues. So in our Vera clinic, uh, and soon to be in our Weinberg Clinic, we have a little room right off the curb that we can bring patients into so that they're literally walking, you know, just steps into the building to get their, what we still call curbside treatment and then back right out to their car. They can keep their car right on the curbside and come in. Also, there are patients that get shots in the gluteal region. And so we, we knew we needed to stand up an indoor place right off the curb to be able to accommodate those patients uh, from the beginning. So next steps, we are planning for the long-term. Uh, I, I don't think we will ever be able to get rid of the curbside clinics. Uh, if we do, we'll have a lot of unhappy patients. It's been one of the, really one of the most exciting projects that I've ever implemented because we haven't had a single patient complaint that I've been made aware of. We've had overwhelming success with both our patients and our staff and really just a lot of kudos to the staff that work there from our patients and discussions, lots of discussions and calls about how much they love the service. Patients really do want this option long-term Staff enjoy working out there and enjoy the, the rotation, enjoy seeing the sunshine and just being able to be there for our patients during this difficult time during this pandemic. We are working toward uh, purchasing uh, remote temp controlled fridges to provide a more stable environment for our medications, especially with our expanding volumes. We're working on permanent staffing, we're adapting to those weather challenges, and we're adding additional treatments and care to our curbside clinics like central line dressing changes and accessing and implanted ports, flushing catheters, doing blood draws, etc. So I hope that you've enjoyed hearing about our latest COVID-19 innovative strategy for keeping our patients safe using a curbside care delivery model for oncology patients. 
we like to think about this quote from Frederick Wilcox, which really kind of puts it all into perspective. And, and he said, progress involves risk and you can't steal second base if you keep your foot on first. And we really hope that you've learned a little bit about our curbside clinic and thank you for listening. We're going to have a few questions now. Um, what are the biggest benefits of this initiative? Um, I think it's pretty apparent from listening to the presentation that you know that we felt the biggest benefits of this initiative were to keep, to minimize the number of patients that had to come into the building, minimize that fear that they had around getting COVID-19. It was, you know, one of the scariest things back in March and April when we were first dealing with the, the surge and just to be able to say to the patients, you really um, don't have to come in, we will come to you. We will meet you at the curb. Those were the biggest benefits, I would say, patient safety and just being very patient-centered. And how will you ensure sustainability of this program? So that's something I think about all the time. We were able to, uh, because we didn't have the televisits uh, coupled with the injections, we were able to provide those on different days. And so it really didn't matter when the patient came to the curbside clinic because they weren't coming into the building to see the, the doctor at the same time. And so I do worry a little bit now that we're doing more in-person visits that how will we make sure that, um, that we provide the same service to patients. And we, so far, we really haven't had trouble with that. The ones that do have same-day physician appointments, they'll go into the provider clinic have their appointment and then they'll get in their car and drive around the curb for their injection and they want it that way. They don't really want to stay in the building any longer. So it hasn't been a problem so far, but it's something that we're thinking about. Of course, um, worrying about the weather. Um, we're not living in Florida up here in the Baltimore area. So we will have to deal with some snow and other things and just keeping everybody safe and making sure that we provide uh, the same quality of care. And then I think having our refrigerators and our rooms off the curb and making sure those are not just portable areas, but, but they're here to stay. And so those are the things we're working on to help sustain this program in the future. Michaela, thank you so much for that useful information. If you're tuning into our webcast, as a reminder, to claim credit, please click the red Claim Credit button in the webinar console to attest for credit. Otherwise, please visit covid19.dkbmed.com. You'll receive your certificate immediately after. Any questions or issues, feel free to email us at the address listed. To submit questions, please send them to qa at dkbmed.com. That's Q is in question, A is in answer, at dkbmed.com. Again, thanks for joining us and thank you for your dedication to your patients with COVID-19.